Well, um, we are going to continue in our series called For the Life of the World, based on the film series that um, some of our small groups have been going through. If any of you want to watch these films, just let me know, and I'll give you access. You can watch it online. Uh, we also have the DVDs available. They're excellent. Uh, they're, they're, they'll get you thinking, and um, uh, I commend them to you. So justice, this week we're going to be talking about justice, and uh, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy and what the Lord's heart for justice is. I want you to know that justice, uh, which is the ordering of things, this is uh, when, when, th- when things are set in order in the world, and this, can, this, can, this touches every aspect of society, locally and globally, it's not specialty work. Justice is not specialty work for, for the professionals. Um, justice is the calling of every person who follows Jesus. Better stated, it's the, it's, the whole, it's the whole calling of the whole body of Christ. So it's not for individuals. This is not an individual work, even though individuals give it individual attention. It is the calling, and it's the mantle set, set upon the body of Christ. Injustice should provoke us to loving and bold action. Okay, not just temporary volunteering and not just watching a documentary and posting it online about what the documentary exposes. Um, Both of those things are good. Um, But the work of justice requires the whole church for the whole of our lives. Not just a weekend, and not just one person, but the whole church for the whole of our lives. This is the will of our loving Father, whose heart is for the vulnerable, the destitute, and the lonely. So who are those people among us? Who are the sojourners that are vulnerable? Who are the destitute? Here are a few that we might encounter in our city. Migrant workers uh, living in the shadows. Trafficked children. The mentally ill who are taken advantage of. The unborn. Minorities who are vulnerable to gang violence and racial profiling. The disabled and elderly who are shut out of society because, for whatever reason, maybe it's because of their age, maybe it's because of a disability, or maybe it's because of a neglecting family, they've been put into a housing institution, not a house, not a home, but a housing institution, and they're shut out of society and they're very lonely. We could include in this people who are in long-term care in hospitals. And they're totally invisible. What about women who are working in gentlemen's clubs across our city? That's just Chicago, and that's not even the whole list. These are the people that our Father cares about. The Lord has a Father's heart for the vulnerable among us. And a Father's heart is both tender towards and protective of 
his children. Father's heart is both tender towards and protective of his children. That's how I feel about my children. That's how any father who is fulfilling his call operates towards his children. And when we seek the Father's heart, when, as we are seeking the Father's heart in worship this morning and in this weekend, and week by week at Emmanuel, day by day at Emmanuel, as we seek the Father's heart, our hearts towards the vulnerable become more tender and more protective. I want to tell you about a congregation uh, that, that received the Father's heart for the vulnerable and they did so about 73 years ago. Okay, so a full generation before. Not our parents' generation, but, our, but their parents' generation. Remember we talked about the work of a generation is about 70 years. Sowing seeds so that to bear fruit 70 years into the future. But about 73 years ago, the Holy Spirit moved among an ordinary congregation and called them to love the vulnerable in a specific way. And often this is what happens. When a congregation receives the Father's heart, they get a call for a specific thing in a specific time. Not everything, because they can't handle that. Everything is the father's responsibility. The macro level is the father's responsibility. That rests on his shoulders, not our shoulders, and not your shoulders. But the Holy Spirit moved and gave a specific congregation a specific call to express the father's heart in a specific way. To love, to be loved, and to love the vulnerable. Jim Belcher, in a book that deeply encouraged me called Deep Faith, um, uh, subtitled the Ex- An Exploration into the Truth, Goodness, and Beauty of Christianity. Um, he went on a pilgrimage with his family to Europe to discover um, the great works of God in church history that had happened in ages past. And along the way, he discovered uh, the history of a Protestant congregation in the southeast of France, in the village of, and I'm not going to pronounce this right, Le Chabon sur Linon. <laughs> so, um, you don't know any better. Don't pretend. <clears throat> Let's see you pronounce that. Um, so, um, France was occupied. Uh, by the German government in 1940. And uh, they set up a puppet government called the, the Vichy government. Does anyone know how to pronounce that? Vichy? Uh, just a puppet government um, caring about Hitler's wishes. Okay. And, and uh, Jews were being rounded up all over France. And a few ordinary people in this congregation started getting signs that Jews are being rounded up and that they had an opportunity to house them in this mountainous village, humble mountainous village in uh, southeast France. And their pastor, his name is Andre uh, Tromke, urged the congregation to provide shelter to every Jew who asked for it. And there were hundreds that were given shelter some of them over a long period of time until the war was over, and some for a temporary time until they could get to Switzerland. They were sheltered in, in town. They were sheltered in farms. They were sheltered in public institutions, children's homes. There were trap doors made. There were secret compartments made. There was more space given at kitchen tables and more space given 
in public schools. The Jews were given education, food, shelter, and nurture. Children were read to at night, and uh, women were protected, and families were kept together until the war was over. It was the work of the whole community. It was not the work of one person. It was not the work of a specialty group. It was the work of the whole church. Um, and many times, the, the, the Vichy government, they knew about this. And every time they came, the Jews were able to, they were able to get tipped off and the Jews were able to hide. And, and then later, the Gestapo took over. They were like, forget this. We're going to do it ourselves. And the Gestapo came. And what was great when reading this story is that whenever the Gestapo tried to come, the, the Vichy government would tip off the village. Hey, they're coming. <laughs> and they were able to hide um, all of their guests. And um, because of one congregation, one small, humble, Protestant congregation that had the Father's heart, hundreds of Jews were saved and lived out their lives. Um, now, how can we be a congregation to takes up the call for the work of justice in our own generation. We have a different age in history. We have a different congregation. But we have the same father. So how can we take up this call? I want to look at Deuteronomy 10 to answer that question. Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 21. And I think the first way... Uh, that we can say yes to this call for the, to love the vulnerable is to let gratitude for God and his love displace guilt over yourself. Gratitude must displace guilt if we are to take on the Father's heart. Um, so verse 12, this is the call over the people of God and in Christ, this is the call for us as well. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So where do we get the motivation to serve the Lord our God? Where do we get his, where the motivation to love the people that he loves? Where do we get the motivation to, as verse 13 says, to keep his commandments and statutes, which include loving the sojourner? Um, verse 15, scan down to verse 15. The, the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. The Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, above all peoples, as you are this day. It was important that the people of God interpreted God's love for them as love and not as advantages that they should be filled up with guilt about. God showed particular love and he showed that love through blessings by giving the law, by being present with them, by feeding them in the wilderness. He gave his love for you. He gave his provision for you. You, Israel, you people of God, are the first wave of God's loving justice, which is intended to continue on to bless the whole world. God starts with you because he chose to start with you. <laughs> and, but it's not meant to end with you. 
But if you interpret his blessings as something to feel guilty about and hate yourself about, you will not be able to sustain the work of justice beyond, beyond his love for you. There is a temptation that we have to feel guilty about the ways that God has loved us. To look at our education, to look at our loving parents, our advantages, our clothes, our network, the things that we can do, the doors that are open to us, and fill up on guilt about it. And go, look, it's not fair. I have things that other people don't have. I should hate myself because of that. Something is, is wrong with me. Something is wrong with the gifts that I have. And we will then, if we have fill up on guilt, we will try to atone for that guilt through self-hatred and impulsive action. And that will not create justice. This is a path that will lead to burnout and resentment and not to justice. And there, there is person after person who has burned out on the work of justice because it has primarily been, a, they have been a, trying to atone for guilt that they consistently uh, fill up on. They fill up on guilt, they try to deal with that guilt through impulsive action and self-hatred. And that is not a path to justice. And that is not the Father's heart. So gratitude. Gratitude for the Father who has loved us lavishly. Gratitude for, for, for blessings that are not a curse, that are good gifts. When we look at the ways that God has loved us practically, the ways that God has loved us spiritually, the ways that God has loved us even through things like this retreat, we must interpret them as the scriptures tell us to interpret them, which is the Father's heart which is tender towards us and protective of us. The Father loves us, he knows every aspect of our lives, and he provides for us in ways that flow from his precise and gentle knowledge of where we're at and what we need. It is so important for us to receive that. Verse 16 says, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and no longer be stubborn. And friends, this is a temptation for us to be stubborn about. We can get really stubborn about the fact that we need to hate ourselves for the blessings that we've been given. Don't be stubborn. Receive the Father's love. There is a sense in which we need to submit ourselves under the Father's love to actually become children again under the Father's heart. Whatever our inter interaction in the world of justice, whether it's, whether it's working in public policy or whether it's working in law enforcement, or whether it's working in social work, or whether we're in healthcare, or perhaps we're, in, perhaps we're studying for or engaging in some type of discipleship ministry. Whatever our work, we must be children under the Father if we are going to carry out the Father's work of justice. We must surrender to God's loving heart. Some of, uh, some of you know how difficult it is to maintain a pool. <laughs> And you know how nasty pools can get. I mean, pools, swimming pools can get nasty. And when, when a pool gets nasty, one of the things that you have to do, depending on how the pool is engineered, is you have to flush out the nasty water with pure water, with clean water. And you gotta do that regularly. And friends, our hearts are prone 
to fill up on the nasty water of self-hatred, <laughs> okay? And that is not a pool to swim in. And that's not an ecosystem where, where justice is going to flourish. Regularly, regularly, our congregation and we individually need to come to the Father and receive his love as children again and to let gratitude flush out guilt again and again and again. That is the work of circumcising our own hearts to receive the Father's love. And there's a number of different ways for us to receive the Father's love. It does start with taking account of what he's given you. It does start. We're right to notice the advantages that we have. We're right to notice the things that have been given to us. It is good for us to pay attention to and take inventory of all that God has given us. We would not be good children if we didn't do that. So let us name the blessings. And let us interpret them as the Father's love for us. That's not where it ends. So first, we let gratitude displace guilt. Secondly, we begin to pay attention to the children of the Father. We need to pay attention to the children of the Father. Um, Here on this retreat, sometimes I will ask one of you, can you keep an eye on my children? (laughs) Okay? Uh, Because I have other things to attend to, like Mario Kart. I haven't played Mario Kart. Um, no, but I have other things that are calling for my attention and my children are vulnerable and they need your watchful eye. You need to watch them as if you were me in the same way that I would watch them. Watch them lovingly. Watch them protectively. Pay attention to them. I, I've had to gain a new skill as a father and that is the skill of paying attention. The skill of watching out for and understanding the cognition of someone who is not yet an adult. I need to be watchful. I need to pay attention. And sometimes I need to ask you or someone else, would you pay attention on my behalf? Would you be as attentive and concerned as I am? Would you take on my neurotic heart for my children? Um, And um, uh, this is something that the father asks us to do. Not to take on his neurotic heart, because he's a better father than I am, but to take on his attentive and gentle heart for his children. Look with me in verse 18. He, the father, executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. The Father is asking for our attentiveness. And friends, in our world, in our lifestyle, um, it's just a temptation not to pay attention. Put in our earbuds. Think about what we need to think about. All of us have lots of responsibilities, and those responsibilities are good. And we completely tune out the vulnerable because we're too busy. We have so many things on our plate And so we stop paying attention. We have a life that is not interruptible. And we don't see the people right in front of us, our neighbors, perhaps people in our own buildings, um, who are vulnerable. And who are the vulnerable? We we mentioned them before. It's people who, who are in danger of being taken advantage of. People who don't have someone watching out for them. 
people who don't have the advantages that we've been given. It's right for us to see them, to pay attention to them, to watch out for them, and even when a children is missed, like when a children is missing, to seek them out, to go find them. Like a parent would go seeking out a child if a child has gone missing and recruit help if he or uh, if the father or mother needed help, they would recruit help. Sometimes we need to go out and we need to find the children of the father who have gone missing. But it starts with attentiveness to the people in our neighborhoods that we make eye contact with that are vulnerable. They need a conversation. They need a meal. They need to be invited onto our porch. We begin to pay attention to them and then crack open the doors of our life, make an extra space at our table, make an extra space on our porch, buy an extra serving of whatever we're serving ourselves to make space for those people, for those vulnerable. I heard a great sermon on this topic where the preacher asked, how do you present your house to your neighbors? Is your house presented as a fortress with barriers? Is there any way that your house, your apartment, uh, your condo could be presented in a way that is welcoming, in a way that is inviting, in a way that speaks to the vulnerable? You are welcome here. I care about you. Please come and join me at the table. And then as we as a church begin to seek the Father's heart, we begin to do this with our whole congregation. Not only Sunday mornings, opening up a space, in our small groups, opening up a space, in our prayer groups, opening up a space, in the life of our friendships, opening up a space, in our parish retreat, opening up a space, in our uh, Sunday morning teams, in our children's ministry, How can we open up a space in the same way that the unpronounceable French congregation opened up their spaces, normal spaces, mundane spaces, sacred spaces, for the Father's children to come join us at the table and come join us at the table of our homes? I think that our church in the next few months should seek the Father's heart in prayer. I loved our time of worship this morning thus far and yesterday morning. I was so encouraged myself personally by reflecting upon how much the Father loves us, how much He cares for us, how His love for us is absolutely overflowing, not at all like boring pastor presents it to be, not expecting us, not rolling His eyes at us going, why can't you do more for me? Look at all I've done for you. He just cherishes us. He just loves us. He looks upon us as one fully loved. And it's good for us to be fully loved by God and to do that together and to seek his heart together. And then let us receive, as we receive his love, let us become attentive to the ways in which he is moving in our congregation and moving in our city to love the vulnerable. I have no strategy for what that's going to look like. I have no plan for, I have no action plan for you. My only action plan for you is to seek the Father's heart in prayer, to seek the Father's heart in worship, to seek the Father's heart in the scriptures, to be hungry and thirsty for the Father's heart.
to receive his gentleness and his attentiveness towards us. And then to begin to pay attention and show gentleness to the sojourner among us. Would you join me in this prayer? Would you join me with an open heart? I need you to join me in this. This is not my work. This is not the work of the leaders at Emmanuel. This is the work of the congregation of Emmanuel. And it is only when we as a congregation begin to pray and fast and seek the Father's heart that we will see how he is opening up a beautiful way for us to love the vulnerable, a joyful way for us to love the vulnerable, a way for us to worship and rejoice in the work of justice together. We won't do it because we hate ourselves. We'll do it because we see the scandalous, beautiful love of the Father and we receive it on a heart level and on a congregational level. I need you to pray with me. I need you to be open with me. I need you to be attentive with me. The Father's heart is overflowing, and it will not stop overflowing until justice rolls down like waters, like a mighty rolling stream over uptown and over Chicago. It won't stop. I pray that it catches us up in the process. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.